So the, the biggest thing that happened since last week was probably Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was last Friday, and um, myself and my girlfriend and a couple friends were going for lunch, and I got a text from a friend of mine, and she said, I bet you you're pretty geek sad. And all I replied was, Whoa. I don't know what's about to happen, but I have a feeling I'm not going to like the next text from you. Ooh. And so I, I, we went to lunch and whatever, and then she, she was probably at work, so she texted me back like half an hour or an hour later. And, and so I, I wasn't on the internet. Because if I was at home, I the internet would have hit me like mm-hmm, two mm-hmm. hours Which before. Which is what happened to me. Yeah. And it happens so fast now because it hits like, like, even before like news, it hits like Facebook and Twitter like in three seconds. Yeah. And so then I'm standing, and I was like genuinely sad. And then we went, we were way out on the West End, and we went into this like outdoorsy store because Gwen wanted to look for something outdoorsy. Uh, she had a gift card from Christmas, and yes. I, I wanted a crossbow, but evidently you can't buy crossbows. And so then just stood there looking at my, my Twitter feed and looking at like cool people like Zachary Quinto and J.J. Abrams and William Shatner and just getting really sad. And I said, why am I looking at this? But, um, and then it just exploded, and, and we had more of a reaction to our comments on that on Facebook and Twitter than like, you know, anything. anything. Yes. I, I think anything in a long time. Yeah, yeah. I think and we, we put uh, Live Long and Prosper on the marquee. Yeah. Yeah. Was that you? Did you do that? Yeah, we Anna and I did that. I thought yeah. it was, I thought Josh. I thought that was you. I thought no, that, yeah. Well, didn't you? You showed up here later on. Yeah, I found after out after I started working. I found out about it via our neighbor's house of Targ, actually. Cause yeah, they put up the photo on their Instagram. Yeah, they they put it up on um, the Instagram, and then that it's very interesting now to see stuff fly like that. Yeah. Because... I think they had that photo up before I managed to get outside with our phone. I think so. The photo. Yeah. (laughs) And that's an interesting world where a few short years ago, before Facebook and Twitter, we would have put a photo like that, like, on our website, I guess, if we we existed before Facebook and Twitter. Sometime that week, whenever we had time to get the the cables connected. Yeah, and, and that would have been it. But, so... And then there was like, um, there, are, there always is uh, of our fans online with requests to do something for yeah, Leonard Nimoy. Fest. And often the harsh reality is we have one screen and all kinds of movies circling at any given time, especially now we've got all these Oscar movies waiting or we have bookings or we have weddings or we have, you know, March breaks right around the corner and I'm sure we yeah. got all kinds of stuff for that. So it's, it's, even in this weekly schedule that we have now, often it's hard to squeeze something in. And we don't do as many festivals and stuff as we once did. So there was some ideas like, you guys should do an overnight... like 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Yeah, of all six Star Trek Star films Trek that Leonard Nimoy was in, of the, the old six. And I was like, well, that, that's a fun idea on paper. <laughs> but... So you got to get people to show up. Yeah. Because we didn't do one for Robin Williams, unfortunately. We, no. No. Yeah. Because I think, the, I, I think we just decided, well, no one's... Like, if yeah. we show Goodwill Hunting, you know, yeah. I don't know if a lot of people will show up because and, and, it's all, you know, all yeah. just downloaded or... And there was a lot of stuff of... Like a seven-hour marathon is more something that folks would do at home. Yeah. I think. Or hell, a 12-hour 12, 12 marathon. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
And with Robin Williams, I know a lot of his stuff by happenstance, if I remember correctly, is Disney. So whether yeah. it be uh, or Touchstone, but it was, so it's like Disney, Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting would probably be um, Dead Poet Society, I believe. Yeah. So a lot of that stuff's just not available. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then somebody said, "Do a festival of Leonard's favorite films," and I'm like, "Well." Do, we, do you know what they are? Yeah, like, did, did Leonard write an article about that? Because that's, I'm Does sure... Does he have a BuzzFeed article? Yeah, <laughs> Leonard's 10 favorite films. I'm sure that information is out there if we scoured the internet, but it's not as easy as figuring out Roger Ebert's favorite films or that kind Well, of he thing. loved the movie Deep Throat. Yeah. <laughs> we could show and Deep we Throat. Show we have that line around. Yeah. I would have wanted to show the original uh, Transformers animated film. Because he with did Orson Welles. with Orson Welles, because Leonard's in that. But again, that's a thing where it's like, well, I'd go, but I'm not buying a ticket. But, but, but yeah, but who would? Who and then would ten come other people might show up. Help us pay for it, yeah. Um, and and so like you know we 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 have done festivals before um, years ago. God, this might be twenty years ago. When did Star Trek Generations come out? That was like ninety four, ninety five. So ninety four. Um, they did um, um, all six movies here at the Mayfair. Okay. And whatever the math is on that, like it started at 10 in the morning and went all day. And that happened right before Star Trek Generations came out. So it has happened before, but now it's just, it's tough. It's tough to puzzle piece that in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the good news is we are screening Star Trek Two. Um, coming up this Sunday and Monday. So that will be our Leonard Nimoy tribute. Yeah, yeah. so there'll be a, a matinee Sunday at 3.45 and then Monday at 8.30. So, you know, yeah. if you can't make the matinee on Sunday, there's the evening show on Monday. So. And we, we've had, like, I think at last count, 230 people give the, the thumbs up on Twitter mm-hmm. to the Live Long and Prosper picture. Marquee photo, Marquee. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think maybe, like, not as many, but 50 or so just giving the thumbs up to the Leonard Nimoy or the Star Trek II announcement. Yeah. So I'm I like, hope. 200 people got to show up. Yeah. <laughs> and we've shown Star Trek II before, mm-hmm. at least maybe uh, more than once. I, a long time ago, like it's a blur. But maybe it was after Montalban died. I yeah. think we did a screening. And, and like five years ago or so, we did a few double bills of mm-hmm. Star Trek movies. When I saw Star Trek II here a few years ago, it was like a Sunday night. I think it was a good turnout. Yeah. yeah. I think there seems to be a lot of, like, sometimes stuff hits. Like, we still do well with some retro films. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, you know, not sold out, unfortunately, but even recently, um, I think Stop Making Sense did well. It did. Mm-hmm. And I think Batman 89, Batman 66 did yeah. well. Some of the Monty Python stuff. So there is, we try to do it when we can, like, uh, once a month or a couple times a month. Um, I, I like it a lot of times when a third party will just rent out the place and show something cool. Yeah. Because yeah. it takes a bit off our shoulders. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but it's, a, it's almost like a guarantee that it will be a packed house then. Yeah. Because often it's like a radio station, like Bob FM was doing, did uh, The Big Lebowski with us that one time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were serving white Russians. Yeah. yeah. It was sold out here. Yeah. Was that a public thing? Because um, they do a lot. Of, they, did, they did a lot of private stuff. That I, was just for their listeners. But I think that one was... I think that one was open. Like win tickets by phoning yeah. or whatever. It might have been one, one of those, yeah, where, yeah. We, where they gave away all the tickets, but still. But even then, what we've shown... to see a great movie. Yeah, even, even when we've shown Big Lebowski on our own, it's done well because yeah. of the cult following. Yeah. yeah. And, and like I always tell people, I'm like, you know, come out to these things because then 
we look at it and go, oh, okay, we can give this can a shot. This. We yeah. can try this again. We'll try and, this again. You know, it's, when, when we're showing, you know, uh, uh, oh, what would I just, the best, I'm sure we will try to show best exotic marigold hotel. The second best? Two, or second best. <laughs> the second best. Because it did gangbusters for us. Like, oh, yeah. man. Like, Even, I was at Mayfair Orleans at the time, and yeah. I think we held on to best for like exotic marigold seven weeks hotel or something. for the longest amount of time out of my entire time working in movie theaters, yeah. Yeah. which is a long time now. That, and uh, what was the other one, the Salmon fishing in the Yemen. Salmon fishing in the Yemen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The best exotic marigold hotel, I feel like we had it for half a year. Yeah. And it was like, like when something like that sticks around, it's like the, the, the good old days of, of film from like 30 years ago. Exactly. It's That's funny. Exactly they're creating franchises like. for old people now. Yeah. I, I can't <laughs> believe that this there has... There are old people blockbusters now. Yeah. Like, and it's very interesting because I can't think of another film of that genre that has a sequel like it's you know sequels are usually associated with you know planet of the apes or star trek or star wars something that and they're also guilty of being unless it's harry potter something that oh that did well we're gonna make another one yeah like like i remember having the conversation with lee where we were like okay well what's gonna be the next best exotic marigold hotel then yeah because this is yeah. This is gangbusters. And but I guess it's just the second best. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the same way as, as a theater looking at the books and choosing or hoping to schedule things. It's the same in Hollywood. Like if you know, it goes in waves, but anybody complaining about superhero movies now, the reason why superhero movies are being made is because they You're keep watching them. Yeah, they keep yeah. selling a lot of tickets. And mm-hmm. in the eighties it was a lot of horror films and in the you know, the maybe 50s, it was musicals and westerns, but it's because people came. And when people stopped coming, the powers that be stopped making those movies. It's fairly I'm simple. I'm sure somebody has studied that. And oh, yeah. like, mm-hmm. uh, each generation attaches a certain whatever to yeah. this yeah. type of movie because of whatever's happening in the world. Oh, yeah. And even, like, the, the type of comedy and, like, how, you know, if, if it was Peter Sellers doing Pink Panther. Or the and, party. The party, yeah. and then a few decades later, you have Sasha Baron Cohen doing his thing. Yeah, um, kind of comes in waves like that. Or if it's, you know, a a, a group of people like the the kind of Saturday Night Live alum doing Ghostbusters or or you know Blues Brothers. Yeah, and then now it's different groups doing Bridesmaids and Ghostbusters. Yeah. It, it's it's they kind of repeat themselves like that. But it really is all like, like, like you know. This why? makes me think of that uh, part in Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be that guy. <laughs> and again, I love Josie and the Pussycats. And if Josie and the Pussycats had made $300 million, there would have been there a Josie been and the Pussycats part two, yeah. you know? And yeah. it's always funny, especially when movies clearly can't have a part two and then they get a part two. And the best is. Um, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, <laughs> in which, not to spoil it for anybody, but it ends with our heroes, you know, maybe probably dying. Probably. A, se- a sequel Likely. came out, but they did a, a prequel, and I, and I forget if it was just called Young Butch and Sundance, but it was... Yeah, but Butch and Sundance, the early years. Yeah, but it was a theatrical movie, and yeah. that's because... I don't know, it was Paramount, whoever produced it. It was like it. 10 years after the first one. Yeah, and they were, and, and I remember reading an article where James Cameron said that, you know, his production, his studio came to him and were like, we want to do another Titanic. 
And he was, <laughs> was kind of like, well. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, crazier things have happened. And they well, could've... maybe you can make a Titanic 2 about. It'd be like the, the shark to put some Titanic About food. submerging to find the ruins. Yeah. Or like. You can create a Which invention. happened, didn't it? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he, there is He a did like up. documentary stuff about that. Or it could have been about like another disaster. It could have been called like, you know, from the creators of Titanic, here's another ship that sunk. Like, but, like, but, but they did that. They did that in the first movie. movie. It start. It's bookended with them oh, yeah. going to the ruins it's anyway. True. Yeah. Yep. But even and there is a movie called Titanic too, by the way. What is it like? One of the does um, it come back from the it's dead? One it's one of like those. Um, it's. I think it's one of those uh, um, sci-fi channel type movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think it's um, here. Let me look it up. But it's it's like a made-for-cable. Yeah. Disaster movie. Yeah. So the shark deposed of Titanic. Yes. yes. Amazing. Yeah. Titanic two. Let's see here. Uh, two thousand ten. On the one hundredth anniversary of the original <laughs> voyage, a modern luxury liner christened Titanic two oh, follows God. the path of its namesake. But when a tsunami hurls an iceberg, so there. Just yeah. like flings it. Yeah. Pulls out an arm. Well, it's even like we we screened Sharknado, which was a TV film, but we screened that, and. We got it just at the right time because we packed the place. For the first screening? For the first yeah, screening. it was definitely the right time. And it, I came just to watch it, and it was, was, and I'm not being, you know, hipster sarcastic. It was one of my favorite Mayfair nights of all yeah. time because everybody was in the right mood. Uh, it got like a standing O at the end. And I thought, you know, it's still a movie called Sharknado, but it was because I, you know, don't know any better I've watched a lot of those kind of movies. And it was like a bit of a step above the average. Mm -hmm. But then we did part two, and it didn't tank, but like, you know, 70 people showed up. Well, yeah. because it, by then the Wasn't joke was pretty played out. Night too? I think so. Maybe but it was I like think yeah. Sharknado came out, and then it was like the Sharktopuses and all of those yeah. things came out on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they've been doing those movies for years. Oh, yeah. And the reason why Sharknado was so successful was because the title was so funny and it yeah. became a Twitter thing. Yeah. And now they're doing a third one. If it was called Shark Shark versus Tornado, yeah. it wouldn't have hit. Twisted probably. the shark yeah. version. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah it, is, it is interesting that now they're doing, um, like, what was the other one? Like, like the, the Helen Mirren, Judy Dent genre. Now, or even, like, even though it's an action film, like, now that age of actors are in movies like Red. Yeah. And Red is getting, I think Red was better than the last couple Die Hard movies in terms of critical acclaim and and. and I haven't seen the Red movies. I are they any good? I liked. I don't. I don't know. I think they're kind of a split decision film. I like the idea behind them. For yeah, sure. I liked them. I thought they're, and I thought uh, Bruce was putting more of an effort into it than he seems to. Bruce Willis seems like. If he wants to be there, it's like, you know, Looper. Yeah, he's gives it or Unbreakable. Unbre yeah. Which is like, he's great in Unbreakable. Otherwise, like... But if, like, we, we screened Die Hard 5, and I love Bruce Willis, and I love Die Hard, but it was like he was reading cue cards. It, it, mm. There was nothing there. Like, it, it was almost... Like, if you put together, like, a, a highlight reel, it just seems like he didn't... There are no highlights. Yeah. <laughs> so compared to that, Red was much more enjoyable, because mm -hmm. it seemed like he had that... Bruce Willis charm going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even Red is, you know, has Helen Mirren in it, who isn't normally associated with action films. And, and well, even Liam Neeson. He, I, I, don't, I don't understand how Oscar he's Schindler... The new Charles yeah. He's the new Charles Bronson in that he's uh, a late career, you know, 
approaching senior citizen status action star. Yeah. Hmm. And he keeps making, and because like, and like, you know, Taken 3 came out and I thought, and a lot of times like a third or fourth chapter will come out and it tanks and everyone goes, okay, well, we tried. But then part three made a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. And then now he's still doing, he said like, that's the end of Taken. And I'm like, yeah, but the four other movies you've done did might as well be called Taken 4, 5, and 6. Yeah. But, yeah. but again, like you can't complain too much because somebody likes them. Somebody's going and paying to see them. Mm -hmm. Somebody's yeah. making these franchises exist. And I guess the thing about the franchise is you, if you have achieved like a certain level of comfort with a type of movie, you know what you're getting into. Yes. So if you're, you know, if that's what you find like your cozy place, like if they had an almost famous franchise, I'd probably <laughs> be sold. I'd yeah. probably be sold. Yeah. But they don't. I just have to, you know. And again, if almost, almost famous did fine, I think, but if it was some kind of crazy blockbuster and made five hundred million dollars. I know that they would have been like, okay, can we take We're going that, on tour yeah, again. Take that kid and let's say he's going on tour with the Rolling Stones. This They would just... Even could if, do, I could see them doing a sequel to that where he's grown up and oh, yeah. making movies. I mean, it's movies. Cameron Crow. It would just be Cameron Crow. Crow. <laughs> yeah. Story, yeah. So. But even like a good example right now is uh, Hot Tub Time Machine 2 came out mm. amongst a lot of buzz. And I think like some critics weren't too horrible about it. And just nothing. Like most, just, of the, most of them were like, this is terrible. Yeah. First and, one was okay, this yeah. one. But that's an example of, you know, just, you know, and rightfully so. Like, that's the movie business is to make business, to make mm -hmm. money. And if they can save a bit of production time by not writing a new script and going, okay, well, we got the actors in place. We got the concept in place. We got the hot tub. Let's go. What let's are do they this. doing next? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I love, I love that a while ago we got to show um, Abbott and Costello. Yeah. That was, was one was, of the last fests yeah. that we did. I was going to title We showed Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein. Did we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it, we showed. Oh it, my that's god! That's when I first started. Here. Yeah, I totally Dude. forgot. And it yeah, was a that digital. Was a glorious it was, summer day. And it was, I think it's because I didn't. I was stupid and didn't watch. Oh, it was so good. And because it, it's, it's really good. It's one of the things that I, in defense of digital, as much as I'm a, a film nerd, and you know, I always I have a film strip tattooed on my arm, but in, in defense of digital, I was like, well we would never have been able to show this on 35 millimeter because it doesn't exist. Yeah, so it's or if it did, it'd it did. be like butterflies. Yeah, so we got to screen that. And Abbott and Costello is my favorite example because, you know, I can't remember the exact order, but they did X amount of films in a very short period of time. They did a lot of movies. And it was like, okay, we're going to do Abbott and Costello in New York. Okay, we got a New York set, no problem. We're going to do Abbott and Costello in space because we got a space set. We're going to do Abbott mm. and Costello... Uh, in the Wild West. And that's all it was, was like movie A would finish production on February 28th, and then on like March 7th, they would start filming the next Abbott and Costello movie and just quickly write random slapstick around the set pieces they had. And then they made... It sounds like so much fun. Oh, yeah. And, and, and they made, and I'm, you know, again, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but three or four movies a year for five years. Mm -hmm. And then, if I remember correctly, both their franchise and the monster franchise was kind of tanking. So somebody went, let's put them together. Yeah. Which would have been the equivalent of right now, Adam Sandler doing a Saw film. Like, yeah. that's what it would have been. Yeah. <laughs> and, but back then they were just like, let's do it. We got, you know. Or like, is it, is it, can we equate this to, um, what's his name? Jim Carrey doing the number 23. Yeah. Or yeah. Like, just like, let's slap two things from opposing genres together. But there aren't really comedy teams anymore. I no. mean, the closest thing would be, like, uh, they talked about, the, what, the, the Brat Pack or something with, yeah. like, Vince Vaughn and Will Ferrell yeah. or something yeah. like that. 
Yeah, well, maybe Owen, Owen Wilson and Jason and, and yeah, yeah, the yeah, Judd Apatow guys. guys. Kind of, there's like the Apatow guys. There's like the Anchorman guys. Yeah. So there's the kind of planet guys. Yeah, there's like kind of extended roving. Well, now with like Paul Feig, it's like there's they the, have so many friends. Yeah, so it's like they all kind of overlap. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. with Paul Feig, when you, you've got kind of the the bridesmaid gang, which yeah. Because they did Bridesmaids, and then they did, some of them did, like, Heat, and then some of them were doing Ghostbusters, so, you've got, yeah, but, like, the last, the last comedy duo, and I could be wrong, but it was, like, Farley and Spade, probably. Yeah, but they only did the two movies. Yeah, and then poor old Farley died, yeah. and then before, like, you know, 15 years before that would have been Dan Aykroyd and Belushi, mm-hmm. but, yeah. I just saw it, I, there's this interview with Belushi and Aykroyd on the Today Show with Gene Shalit, and they're promoting Neighbors. Okay. Ooh. And uh, it's really sad because, like, Aykroyd was just writing stuff for him. Like, yeah. like, he, when Belushi, when he found out that Belushi died, he was sitting, Aykroyd was sitting at the typewriter writing him a line of dialogue for Ghostbusters. Okay. I think he was supposed yeah. to, I think he was supposed to play Bill Murray's role. I'm not sure. I believe sure. so, yeah. And they're on the Today Show and they're like, uh, so, uh, what's your next project? And he's like, well, we're going to do this movie. Can't talk a whole lot about it. It's in the writing stages, but we're going to be playing, uh, two guys who worked for the Department of Defense. Yeah. And it's Spies Like Us. Yeah. Oh. So yeah. that was supposed to be Belushi. Spies Like Us is really good. It's Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd, but it was supposed to be Belushi and Aykroyd. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I think, yeah, he was supposed to be Bill Murray's character in Ghostbusters, and he came in. And I can see, I picture him oh, yeah. in Ghostbusters. I think Belushi would have been. The, th- the thing that pisses me off about people's attitude about Belushi at the time was that he was, um, the slob. Right. You know, that's all he could do was be the gross-out comic. Yeah. Because yeah. of, of Animal House. Yeah. And Aykroyd was smart enough to go, no, he's really capable and talented. Let's put this guy in a suit. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, and I think comedy is harder than drama. And if you look at, you know, Bill Murray, he's just... I really love that he's kind of done... He doesn't care anymore, which is awesome. Yeah. So he does supporting roles mm-hmm. and, and weird little parts and, and tiny little movies and... You know, he hasn't done, like, a real mainstream movie, like, lead role in a long time. Mm-hmm. And then he did, like, Charlie's Angels as a supporting part. But for the most part, it's kind of, you know, Jim Jarmusch movies and Wes Anderson and, and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And I think you look at the careers of a lot of other comedians like that, whether it be, you know, Will Smith or, or, or um, even what John Candy was heading towards, like, just starting to kind of do slightly different things. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Belushi would have done yeah. other stuff. I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I don't know if it's a rumor, but he was um, apparently considered for Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in America. Whoa. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which, I, which, again, I could have seen him do. Yeah. And Bill Murray was saying, because it's all this like, well, what's with comedians doing funny films and then all of a sudden they want to be taken seriously and do dramatic films? And Bill Murray's saying, well... I think he was on. He was on Howard Stern. He's like, What's well, your issue with broken flowers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he was saying, well, in order to be funny, you also have to be able to play straight. Yeah. So the idea of being funny is that you're being funny, but you you're ignorant. You don't realize you're being funny. Yeah, and you like know? right now with like Steve Carell is another in a long line of examples mm-hmm. of somebody who started in comedy and now very interesting to see what his I don't know what his next films after Foxcatcher is, yeah. but that, well, like, we had, I, I thought it was, I, I, I came out to see this this back-to-back just because I thought it was so bizarre, but we had the 
the Disney family movie that Steve Carell played the dad called Alexander. Alex- Alexander's Very Bad Day or whatever it was. Yeah. And then immediately after, just by Alexander. coincidence, we had Foxcatcher. So I came to watch that, and it was just like... And there was nothing wrong with Alexander. Like, it was a nice family film. I'm sure a 12-year-old would have really liked it, you know? <laughs> Some of them did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but it, he was playing... It, it reminded me of, like, a, a Disney film from, like, the early 70s. Like, something like... Oh, like, like, uh, like the Kurt Russell movie. Very much, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like yeah. a young Kurt Russell could have been, like, the teenage character in it. Uh, when Dizzy was just plowing out those, those like, Herbie the Lovebug and Shaggy Dog <laughs> and Flubber yeah. and all those things. And... Uh, but it was to see him do Foxcatcher right after that. I was like, "Oh so man!" Serious. So he can he can do whatever he wants. He can mm-hmm. go back and forth, and so yeah. So it, it, it's I don't think there's. I'm sure an actor might disagree, but it, it seems like the powers that be are a lot better with typecasting nowadays. Mm-hmm. Of, of of a person can kind of because it's safer to to you know keep people in a box and yeah. You know. Like if if you look at like, you know, you look at, like, Schwarzenegger in the 80s and 90s, and he was Schwarzenegger. He's always Schwarzenegger. Yeah. All those action-type heroes. And you look at action hero, like, I don't know who an action hero is now who's under the age of, like, 50, but if you look at, like, you know, Matt Damon, he'll do Born Identity, and then he'll do, like, a part on 30 Rock on TV, and then he'll do, you know, a really heavy drama, and then he'll do kind of a more comedic thing, and Actors seem to have the ability or the opportunity to kind of jump back and forth a bit. Or even Neil Patrick Harris did The Smurfs and Gone Girl. Yeah. And that's, you know, like you would think that somebody might be like, oh, no, you're the guy on TV who does The Smurfs. But no, yeah. And so it seems that you can. Well, he was Doogie Howser for years. Yeah. And then he went away for a while. Yeah. And now he's, he's had kind of a resurgence. Yeah. And again, after Gone Girl, I don't know whether he'll. You know, TV isn't the embarrassment that it once was because now you could, you know, someone like Matthew McConaughey can do True Detective. Yeah, win an Oscar, go to True Detective, and then come and, back and, and do, do those Lincoln commercials. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was a kid, if you were on TV, that was a well, sign that's what you did. You were di- or you were done. You made a mistake. I I remember finding it weird when Jennifer Aniston started doing movies because I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait, you're yeah. the lady from Friends. Yeah. That's what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, she was in Leprechaun before Friends. Yes. Did you <laughs> that ever see like Leprechaun? That was, before my time. <laughs> I've seen you it were alive. Like, I was alive. I was far too young. My mom was like, you can't watch, can't watch, any, watch anything, watch anything, anything scary. But that's not true. We watched Risk and Wild and stuff on TV. Oh. Like, scary movies were not a thing. I had to, like, watch the same thing as my younger brother. So. Can we talk about Rescue 911 for a minute? Sure. Yeah. I know it has nothing to do with movies. <laughs> yeah. well, Shatner's in it. He's in there, movies. There's, a, there's an Ottawa episode where um, uh, it's... It's this guy robs a bank. I think it was. I think it was like the TD near the canal. Whoa! Yeah. And he ran to my. He ran to like a car lot that my dad. He ran through a car lot that my dad was working at. Wow! And I'm watching, and they reenact it with an what? actor at the, at the same locations, and I'm sitting there watching this, going like, I wonder if my dad was working when this cool. when this was and happening. And Shatner's like Andrew's dad. <laughs> Andrew's picked dad. up the phone and called nine one one. The that's funny. The on. Um, I think it was on Smodcast, um, Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier. I don't know, I forget how they stumbled on it, but they, they read police reports, because they have a love of Canada, and they do police reports from, it started in Vancouver, I think, but then they just do other oh, ones. Oh, I think I know what you're going to bring up. And it's, it's really funny, because and, and we're Canadian, we have a good sense of humor about our stuff, and, the, and, and Smith and Mosier, are always, they're always like, we're not trying to make fun, we know bad things happen sometimes, but the, and they're always just like, 
the most slapsticky, crazy things. And so then he starts doing one. They, they start reading one, and they and I forget the address, but they say like you know Mooney's uh, Bay. The, yeah, I, they brought up they brought up the story of the guy who was exposing himself in public. Well, and yeah. this was happening very close to here. Yeah, and they were having a ball with this story because the guy's name, the guy's last name was Papa Dick. Yes, <laughs> and it was like ah, now we're, we're on so the they map. start they start doing things like my name's Papa Dick. I gotta be me. Yeah. But yeah, wow. and it, but they did another one, and it was a, a a store was robbed on on Laurier or somewhere like that here in Ottawa, and it just my, I was listening, my ears perked up because they say, okay, here's one from Ontario, and it's uh, Laurier, and it was like, and a store was robbed, somebody somebody robbed a store with a hockey stick, <laughs> which is is you know you can't get more hockey or Canadian, Canadian than that. that. Somebody somebody robbed a uh, a Canada cell phone store with a machete. Wow. Whoa. And he got away with a lot of cell phones. The guy at the chip stand across the street has gotten into a machete. Yeah. What? According yeah. to Lee, Lee, yeah. Lee said he spotted Witnessed him and just like pulled out a machete and like, uh, get out of here. You're trying to rob me? Wow. I don't think so. I will chop you. That's crazy. Yeah. Anytime I hear about crime, I'm like, no, crime doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Really? I never see it. But when I was in Vancouver, there was... Um, I was in Vancouver for school, and there was bank robbing happening all the time. Uh, like, people were robbing banks. Like, people were, were, were pulling up in a car and robbing a bank. All whacked out on Scooby Snacks? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't think that, you know, happened in real life, that people committed crimes. <laughs> I don't know. But. That's like when uh, up the street a couple of years ago at the RBC. Yeah. I, something blew up. They like blew up an RBC. Oh or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember that. I don't it was exactly it was these happened, like. But I was like, what? This is. It was some sort of political me. thing. Yeah. That's crazy. A protest for the Olympics, according uh, to Anna, the secret informant. But we're what are we talking about? <laughs> we <laughs> talking <laughs> about? Um, one thing that I want to say is that I was reading a review for Baba Duke, yes. which uh, starts on in two days on Friday. Yeah. Um, Three nights only. This is this yeah. lady director's first ever movie, and yeah. it looks this scary. So I don't know what the heck she has in store for the future, yeah. but I feel like the next and few we just years came, we're going to get scared. Poopless. And we just came off of A Girl Walks Home Alone, which was yeah. another first-time female director, yeah. which which I just fell in love with. Like, it mesmerized me. Yeah. And so, I'm, yeah, Babadook, I'm very much looking forward to it. And I'm trying to avoid the internet too much because there's like photos out there and things and spoilers but like I had to read a review to put the newsletter together yeah. and I found a really good one and I just I stuck to the one like the first one I read yeah. was good and I was like done okay I'm not reading anything else and yeah. this person had really great things to say yeah. so um, but that's how I found out that this is this lady's first, first it's funny it's one of those trailers that we show and you'll like overhear somebody going nope <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> like, that looks terrifying I'm like, not going to that it's an opportunity to use the washroom yeah <laughs> But, okay, yeah, so we talked about Star Trek II and Babadook, and then we so have... Got Selma. 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 Um, feminist twins. Yes. Lady would like to... Present Selma? Present, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, fem, fem, who? Feminist, feminist twins? twins? Is that what they're called? Uh, that is their Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. I sent her an email asking her which links to promote, so here I am promoting them. Well, I, thought you were just ca- I thought you were just calling them that. Like, oh, the, these, the, you know, these the feminist twins? twins? Those twins? I think they are. I haven't met both of them. I've met one of the two. Mm-hmm. So Kayla, yeah. anyway. So she was like, "How about Selma? Can we can we do that thing?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." But what is that? What does Selma have to do with feminism? Besides the fact that Oprah produced the movie. Mm-hmm. That I guess I'm not sure. What are they going to do? Just come in, say hello, introduce the film. Give something? out some prizes. Prizes. Not yeah. that I'm against it. I'm just confused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Andrew hates feminism. <laughs> um, man, Selma, so like I saw the musical performance at the Oscars, and as much yeah. as I would have, who was it? It was Common and John Legend. John Legend. Yeah, and I. It's tough because I, I love Lego. Everything is awesome with all my heart. But it's tough not to vote for that. It was so such yeah. a big, powerful, and and it's like obviously an important historical, real life kind of thing. Yeah. But the so I, I saw the trailer in, in front of I think Girl Walks Home, and it, it looks great. It looks really, really good. Yeah. Um, so we have that coming. We have two that, and then the return of Ida, Polish. Yeah. Uh, it was nominated for best foreign film. It won, didn't it? it won. No, it, I think Winter Sleep won. I forget. I think it we won. should know these things. Yeah, I don't know. Look on the internet. But <laughs> Ida, Ida was was nominated. I think it's a winner. I think it won. I'm pretty sure it won. And um, that's a return. We had that. We played that in June. June. Holy I, cow! I don't remember if it was the premiere. Apparently, it's really good. It but is. It was. Yeah. Well, I that was the movie that I came to see, and I often, you know, a lot of the movies we get. I'll, that was I'll, a blind one. That one came out of nowhere. Yes. I think when Lee programmed it, we didn't like have any inkling that it was. Oh, coming. you guys are right. It did win. Yeah, okay. I thought it won. Um, but I, I knew it when I was writing. I kept about thinking it, it was Winter Sleep, which I think we'll probably be showing that one we'll eventually. Yeah. Soon, yeah. yeah, and Leviathan I, we have coming up too. I yeah, think. those were nominated, I believe. But yeah, I, yeah, I forgot that Ida had won. So yeah, that makes it's, sense it's that we're beautiful, showing. and it, it, um, it tricked me because for some reason I had seen the trailer, and the trailer is very. You see this this girl walking around. You see yeah. the cinematography, and it's very somber and simple. I totally thought it was a documentary. About I remember you saying that. that. Like, and then, is it the Nazi documentary? And I yeah. was like, um... And, and, and it got, like, ten minutes in, and I still thought it was a documentary, because the first few scenes are, like, her feeding chickens, and just kind of... It's, you, you could think, like, okay, we're about to go to a talking headshot soon. And then it starts going, and I'm like... <laughs> she loved feeding the chickens. When I was yeah. a young girl. <laughs> yeah, I totally thought that was coming up next. But I'm glad we were getting an opportunity to bring back these mm-hmm. after they win or after they're this nominated. Like a weekend of... We're gonna have to like, oh my buy God. tissues and supply them via the box office. And it's funny, like not not to make light of, of poor Leonard because I I love Leonard Nimoy, but Star Trek Two is an interesting movie to show. I don't know if anyone doesn't know, but you know, there's some sad moments in that yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. And somebody commented on Twitter, but I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna be a wreck. I'm gonna be, and then like I'll stick around to watch Selma. You know, or Selma's playing before it on Sunday. Yeah. That's a good yeah. double bill. There you go. I, I hope people come out so that it's like a, you know, collective yeah. morning. Yeah. You know. Well, and it, and it is like. Well, a, also uplifting. Yeah. It's not totally like. Well. It's, these aren't the doom, doom, doomiest movies we've shown. No. No, that's true. <laughs> and and especially with with Star Trek, somebody suggested playing Star Trek 3. And I said, mm. I said well, yeah, like I, I, I of course know that Leonard directed Star Trek 3. But he's in it for nothing, and he's in it for like three minutes. So it'd be nice to see him, see him in the role. The most important thing is that his name is in the title, is it not? Yeah, yeah. But so beyond the that, search for Spock in, yeah. in the sense that we don't know, like you we have to find him. him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so he directed that movie, but he's he's hardly in it. And I mean, we'd be better off showing J.J. Uh, Abrams Star Trek. Yeah. Which, isn't he in that more? But Probably, yeah. The, I don't know. The or, or three men and a baby. Three men and a baby, because he directed that. Man. So, so I was, he was on quite a roll because he directed Star Trek Three, which was did very well. That got him the gig directing Star Trek Four, which up to a certain point, I think even with inflation and stuff, was the most successful Star Trek film 
up until JJ's Star Trek, I think. And then Shatner got jealous. Yeah, he's and like, Shatner, I want to direct one. Yeah, he did five. <laughs> that didn't go so well. But then, then Paramount had Leonard jump over to direct Three Men and a Baby, and that was like one of the biggest films. That, that was like a big sleeper hit of the year. Just because everybody loves Leonard. Yeah, and then he directed a couple movies that didn't go so well, and that was it for him, but he did a whole bunch of other things, but... But yeah, like. But people, he had a lot of like other projects oh, after yeah. filming stuff. Yeah, he did all kinds of photography and writing, and and, and he did TV. Yeah. Like, wasn't he on Fringe at one point or something? He did Fringe. Yeah, yeah, JJ put him in Star Trek, talked him into coming back to Star Trek, and then put him on Fringe. And he had a really cool role on Fringe, mm-hmm. and. I don't know if this is right. In, in the long tradition of an actor's last part being a horrible thing, because I, I remember, um, you know, I, oh, what's his name who did. Um, Raul Julia's last film was Street Fighter. Oh, God. I, I could be wrong, but I believe Leonard's last film was a voiceover part in Transformers 3 or 4, I think. Like Orson Welles. Yeah. In, so it's in like, the yeah. animated one. But at least the animated one was good. <laughs> but, wow. But he had, yeah, but so I'm very much, I'm, I'm glad we got, we're going to get to show Star Trek. I, I hope people show up. I, I think it'll be a nice, fun, sad afternoon yeah. and evening. And um, and if it does well, then maybe sometime in the future we can bring back a couple more Star Trek films or something. What's a good thing about some of the Star Trek films, like Star Trek, you know, six especially, like it's more or less self-contained. We could just get away with showing it without, you know, showing the two movies bookending it on either side. Same with like yeah. Star Trek: First Contact. You can just show that by itself. So it is, yeah. People come out. It does well. We have more of an excuse to. Convinced. Try more things, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What yep. else? The Saturday morning all-you-can-eat cereal cartoon party is coming up. Coming soon. That'll March be, 21st? Yeah, at the, at the end of March break, I believe yeah. that is. Uh, people keep on requesting cartoons, and I keep on saying, we, we don't pick the cartoons. We don't pick them. It is programmed. We, we are buying that yeah, program. Yeah, so someone from Montreal who puts it together? Yeah, puts it together for, like, film festivals and stuff like that. But I'm sure it'll be a whole bunch of more weird, bizarre cartoons there's some stuff like I. There's some s- good, some bad. There's some really uh, random. There's some that I've like never heard of before, and I, that always fascinates me because I consider myself an A plus nerd. Mm. And there's stuff that comes up on the cartoon fest, and it's like, I didn't know that was a real thing. So, yeah. but again, that's an example of people keep supporting that, so we can keep bringing it back. Yeah. So, I'm very glad too because like it in. I would love to do it it's every Saturday, yeah. but that's a lot of work. And Somebody asked if we could do it on a Sunday, and I was like, well, it's a <laughs> Saturday morning cartoons thing. Yeah. Sunday morning was like church, or like at my place, we were just cleaning Football. the house. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was laundry day. Yeah, I think we're contractually, contractually obliged to play the Saturday morning cartoons yeah, on she, Saturday. So the lady who puts it together has very specific rules, and one of them is that, like, it has to be all-you-can-eat cereal, but I yeah. think the Saturday situation is also one of them. Like, she wants us to call it that. Yeah. And so you can't really put it on a Sunday if it's a Saturday. And it works well for us because we, we, we squeeze it in on Saturday morning, so it starts at 10 a.m., yeah. and then it's over by 1 or 1.30, and then we can start showing our normal film. So yeah. it, it, Sometimes that's a really long day because then we, yeah. so we have the Saturday morning cartoons for three hours and then two matinees, two evening shows, and then a late show of like The Room or Rocky Horror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And then, and then you could just wear, wear your pajamas you all just, day like, long. just like sleep <laughs> here and open the next day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stay all night long. With ghosts. The ghost, yeah. Well, that was the other thing. You and Gwen were saying that you were going to 
Want to do a day a daylight screening, yeah. all the cleaning lights on. Scaredy cat screening. Scaredy cat screening of Babadook. So you don't get nightmares. Yeah. I think uh, I think that's a go. I Man. think it should happen. I'm trying to peer pressure into it. I don't know if it'll fly. Like I said, she doesn't have to be nice to me anymore. So now <laughs> she doesn't have to come to see scary movies with me or anything. Like, no, go by we'll, yourself. We'll even leave the doors open. <laughs> like, I yeah. don't even know just everything. Oh, it's gonna be, I think that'll be a movie where we'll have screams. I, I, a good handful of horror films, so. people were like, there's, there's, it's that scream and then the laughing afterwards. Yeah, I'm and, like, ha who's yeah, that guy? Yeah. <laughs> that'll be good. Uh, okay, so I think that's about it for this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wrap up and get ready to show... Uh, what are we showing today? Birdman. Two days, one night. One night, which is also very good. And then we have a rental of some short films this yeah. evening. It is called... Create, uh, think Globally, Created Locally. Created Locally, yeah. Oh, that's one thing I'll say quickly, if you're listening to this before There's a super cool next thing. Week. Oh. Yeah, the, the, the music thing. Yeah. And so it's a... Uh, uh, but it's tomorrow, isn't it? No, it's a week from tomorrow. Oh, okay. Is it? No, Thursday, Thursday. The Persona Sorry. thing? Yeah. The Bergman... That'll be, I mean, I guess if you're listening to this, I guess this will be posted uh, Thursday afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Maybe uh, you, you have missed something really cool. <laughs> if you're listening to this and it's Thursday afternoon. Sometimes super cool things happen. Yeah. You will, you will get to come and see uh, this cool thing that I don't know very much about. It's a game, pre- presentation of Ingmar Bergman's persona, but there's also music. They're dissecting all of the musical pieces that are used in the film, and yeah. there's a dude playing... A cello, cello and, and the piano. other guy playing piano. Yeah. And so they're playing select pieces mm. while um, I can't remember his name. This gentleman will be dissecting That's pretty cool. the use of those pieces in the movie. I'm coming to see that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you probably missed that, but, or you came to see it anyhow. But it's neat. It's free, and people are signing up online to RSVP tickets. And as yeah. we speak right now, there's like 30 left. So yeah. the place is going to be packed. On Eventbrite. Yeah, so that'll be fun. So I'm glad I asked you to come in. <laughs> but but uh, maybe they'll do one again, so stay tuned and keep your eyes out for that. Yeah, this bodes well. Yeah. Okay, so we'll uh, talk to you in a week. Bye. Bye, Bye. everybody. Bye. Thank you. Get more out of life. Go out to a movie.